Hi, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots, the podcast where I, your host, Cassie Hubert, discuss connecting the dots between how to live a meaningful, connected life and also how to make meaningful work and basically how those two things are so completely and intrinsically interlinked, whether as a mother or a father, although I'm specifically talking to mums because that's what I am, and whether you're an artist professionally or just a really much more in touch with your creativity and artistry as a human. I hope these episodes will be something to delight you and I'm so glad you're here. So join me today for another episode of Connecting the Dots. Today's episode, I wanted to talk about grief, anger and the big emotions. Because as an actress, this is something that I've definitely had to grapple with how to do well, the big emotions and navigating these with a sense of connection. Because so much of our life is bound up in the joys and the day-to-day mundane. But then every so often we have seasons or things that just erupt these massive emotions in us. And knowing how to be okay with navigating these and not being so afraid of them that we want to run away is so important, both for our art and our work, but also for our, our personal growth and the work we do with our children and our families in our relationships. And so, yeah, I've, I've had a few thoughts today. I've got five main points, so it's vaguely structured today. Five main points that I think might really help you when considering this both creatively, um, whether you're actors or whether your creative art expression is in various different varieties and also as a parent because as I've said before I think they're so interlinked and one area can really benefit from the insight of another. So the first thing to be really clear about and it's kind of a caveat and kind of my point you know nobody feels comfortable with the big emotions of anger, aggression, grief, pain and all the things that go with those massive, massive feelings that can threaten to overwhelm us in our daily lives. I don't think anybody goes, oh, I love a bit of anger or, oh, I'm getting so excited about the grief. Bring it on. I don't know anybody who does that. I think life as a human being in a fallen world is really hard. And we have all sorts of betrayals and pain, whether physical or emotional or mental or relational to deal with so often in our lives that just part of being alive involves wrestling with a lot of stuff. And I don't think anybody, even when you can come out the other side and say, I know how much it grew me, I don't think anybody wants to go, you know what, give me another death. That'll really make my life swim and (laughs) make it swim, make it sing or fly, whatever. Nobody feels comfortable, but we can learn to not run away from these And we can learn to get more comfortable with the fact that there is a process, even if it's different each time, but there is a process. It is a season. It won't last forever and that we will move through it. So this is something I very specifically got told a lot while I was at drama school. It's the, you know, be where you are, lean in, sit with the pain, sit in the feeling that you're in. And so we'd do exercises that would kind of encourage us to, we'd, we'd play things out and discover stuff. And in the process, if, if one of us was suddenly connected to something and, and we felt very emotional in one shape or form, then they'd say, stay with that. Stay with that and now try to respond without trying to go, I felt uncomfortable and move through it. And so that was something that was part of the practice because as an actor, you need to be able to do that because otherwise, how can you take your, let your character do that and let your audience go with you on it? So, you know, it was a necessary part of the training, but it was so useful for so many areas of life is be where you are, sit with the pain you're in. And that's not the same as wallowing. 
Although, frankly, I think wallowing has a very legitimate place in our processing. But sitting where you are is so important. And you can learn to be okay with the unknowing. We also often don't know how long this particular season we're in is going to last. And so whether you have to get comfortable with this on a personal level for the season that you're in, maybe you are dealing with a grief or a trauma or something, or whether you have to get comfortable with it in order to communicate those those big parts of the human experience in your art form, whether you're painting a gloriously big picture that helps people that just tells a story or is an expression of anger or frustration, you need to be able to be comfortable enough to stay in that space while you're processing it in your art form. And so much of that is to do with kind of empathy, personal empathy, empathizing with one another, empathizing with ourselves, and empathizing also, bizarrely, but really helpfully to think about with a past version of yourself, like maybe your younger self or maybe yourself in your last relationship that fell apart. Empathizing with you at that point rather than looking through the lens of what you know now and being dismissive or um, irritated or unimpressed by how you in a previous circumstance dealt with things because you didn't know what you know now. And this leads me nicely on to my point number two, which is you can rush or suppress or ignore these big emotions. But rather like credit cards, you either pay now or you pay later. And rather like water in a building, it will find its way out. And in the process, it will either trickle out or you create a space for it to flood out where you can deal with it. Maybe you're in a swimming pool and it flows into the pool and you go, okay, this isn't fun, but I'm sort of here. Weird analogy. But anyhow... Or what happens is it tends to burst out like a mass of water that's been building up like a dam and just bursts its banks. And then actually the fallout can be quite huge and destructive. Now on stage, that is brilliant to watch because you're not actually in that situation. Your character is. And as an audience member, you get to watch somebody lose it, which sounds really voyeuristic. But part of the reason we go and watch things on stage is because we want to see Somebody else's processing of a circumstance that maybe we're not in, but resonates with us and allows us to connect with that story and allows us to feel like we know how they might have felt and go on that journey, but from a safe place. You know, we're not actually in the situation where all of our family has been wiped out in a Greek tragedy, but we get to journey with the lead protagonist and find ourselves going, oh, I feel like I've shared some of that journey with them. If it's done well, that, that's the effect it has. And then it helps you apply that to your daily life. And you do make some emotional progress through being part of the story. But also with our kids, you know, we can feel like their timing is off. It's so annoying, isn't it? When you're being a parent and you've got loads to do and every so often your child comes out and goes, I need to just blur. And or they're really angry and you just think this is really not the time. But much like if your child suddenly is really ill and vomits everywhere, you can choose to put it aside till later. And there are occasions when, of course, that is appropriate. But you will have to clear it up or you will have to deal with it rather is a better way of describing that. And actually helping your children navigate this by saying it's okay to have those emotions when they don't really know how to deal with it. Creating an environment where they are calm, they feel safe. When those feelings rise as you're working on something, maybe they rise as you're writing a song and suddenly it makes you feel really emotional. You do need to process that or sit with that pain and then have a good cry afterwards. Otherwise, it tends to just mess with the song. 
And the same with a performance. You have to allow that emotion to rise. And then part of the technique of being a pro is learning how to hold that within the song and the lyrics and the music before landing it and not personally falling apart during it. Because actually an audience wants to watch a character work against what they're feeling to say the words they need to say. That was one of the most helpful things. I used to think when I had to cry on stage, I need to sort of squeeze my emotions and really cry. And, you know, I got a certain amount of something going on then. But so often when we're in life trying, when we're in life cry rather, we're trying not to cry. So actually playing the obstacles, playing the things in the way means that you as an audience member watch this character fighting not to cry and the effort of fighting to say what they need to say while they're trying to avoid crying is one of the things that makes you feel so much more moved by the fact that they're struggling because they don't want to cry rather than if they went oh, I was running. and then sometimes there's a moment of release when it comes out and it's really interesting to watch but you can't do that if you're stressed and rushed have you ever been in a situation where you're really upset about something, you know, as a human now, not in a performance workshop or rehearsal, where you just couldn't cry? Maybe the shock was still working on you. And actually, we amazingly compartmentalize as humans so that our bodies can cope, you know, so that we still feed ourselves when something terrible happens. We compartmentalize until we can deal more appropriately with things later, which is amazing. We're so amazing. But we find that we can't cry. And then oddly at another point when we're much more relaxed, maybe walking down the street and somebody offers us a Diet Coke and that reminds us of the person or the relationship or whatever. And suddenly it just flies out and we sob ugly crying in the middle of the street and they're thinking, grief, I just gave you Diet Coke. And, you know, anybody who loves you and is a human being with kindness and empathy, they'll probably be kind to you in that moment, definitely. But it's the same whether with performance, you know, to do our weeping, wailing, crying, screaming, shouting work when we were doing that in voice work, we would have a two and a half hour lesson and about an hour and 45 minutes of that would be spent warming up, maybe an hour and a half, warming up, really stretching, releasing our voices so that we were in a place relaxed and ready to connect with those deep emotions and also vocally so that we wouldn't strain and hurt ourselves because in life when we release into a cry or a shout we're not tense and holding and working against ourselves and censoring ourselves and so we'd spend all that time warming up and being relaxed and being in a safe situation then we'd spend maybe 20 minutes or half an hour doing the actual work on the high release vocal energy stuff and then we'd spend the last half hour warming down 20 minutes half hour warming down and if we were connected which was the point all of this was to enable us to be connected to our bodies as well as our, our, our heads and our thoughts so that we could do this work it enabled us to then regroup a little and how similar is that to needing to allow someone space we need to give them space and time to build up to those big feelings and if it suddenly bubbles out of nowhere, it's actually had time building up that we just maybe haven't seen. You know, nobody just bursts out of anger out of nowhere. It can feel like that when you're on the receiving end of it or you suddenly witness it. It feels like they just came out of nowhere and they lost their plot. But it's been building and building and building. And either intention that's then needed to burst or just they've been feeling in a place where they're able to let it go or it's just got too much and it's made its way out. We could do with our kids especially 
providing a safe environment where they can talk things through. Where when those big emotions happen, we don't rush to shush them or squash them because we're afraid. It needs to be a safe environment so that you can surrender and see where it takes you. With grief, sometimes this means it bubbles up in a big ugly cry. Sometimes it means you just feel really angry. And sometimes it means you're just exhausted and want to sleep for three years. But allowing ourselves the space to be able to gently ease into this stuff. What does this look like in day-to-day life? If we're trying to allow for connection, which is point four. So point three is surrender. You have to surrender to the moment. There's no point in trying to stifle an outburst of grief or anger or frustration. It, It just doesn't work. It'll burst out somewhere else. But number four is connection. If you are going to allow yourself to connect with your people or your own emotions or your work, you need to have allowed yourself to surrender to what's going on. But you also need to create that space for connection, which means not rushing things. It also means being supportive. And if you won't sit there and you stifle the work, you will lose that connection. Now, sometimes if you're working on a piece of work, you can lose that connection. And it's really irritating if you were in the zone or, you know, on stage you're connected and then you lose it. If it's not been more than, a you know, a few moments, you can pull it back. But if you've lost it for longer than that, it's you kind of have to go back there again and start all over again. And you will have moved further and you'll probably move further quicker. But if you stifle the connection, you won't be able to access what you need to move through this particular bit from an art perspective if you will stifle the connection to the really big feelings that come up as you're working on something you will make it very difficult to make art that isn't trite and pulled back and sometimes you just have to do that and then go I need to try again next time and allow myself to go a little bit longer with it but in life with people and with our children especially who it's all so huge and overwhelming and they don't understand they're not trying to be pains in the bum they're dealing with stuff If we stifle it, we break some of the trust in that moment, which makes it really hard for them to get there again. And it tends to go inwards and can cause more harm on the inside if we don't let stuff out. Because anger, grief, all these big things, they are part of the substance and fabric of being human. And this is on the fifth point, which is all part of the human experience. No one is exempt. But if we get better at listening to our bodies and paying attention to what they're telling us, we get better at tuning in quickly when our children are coming to us with frustration or pain. Actually, that's the point to lean in and go further and sit even longer and hold that space even longer. And then here there is a little bonus for you. I'm just going to throw in, you know, there is no there. What we do is we find that the things we've walked through, the things our characters have walked through, the things our art has walked through, things our children walk through become part of the overall story they become part of our story and they become part of the journey of the character and they add a richness and a a depth to the next thing we approach in life the relationships we have next the way we go forward in our present relationships so this is a bit of a deep one this week but I really think there is so much to be learned from sitting with these big emotions and not being afraid of them not trying to squash them and run away because we are people rich and complex and this is what makes us so beautiful and so interesting as human beings and actually fighting for connection rather than severing connection in favor of comfort will always take us deeper into our understanding of ourselves and of others and surely that's got to be a better way to live.
So if you have enjoyed this podcast or connecting the dots the podcast generally then it would mean such a lot to me if you wouldn't mind hopping over to apple podcasts and leaving me a review because it boosts recognition it helps people to find it and and also maybe just consider if there's an episode that you've listened to that you've either really found entertaining or encouraging or you've found helpful be so great if you'd share it maybe share it with a friend it would be so cool because i'd love people to hear more things that can help and encourage them But for now, I would love to wish you a wonderful week filled with joy, creativity and connection with you, your soul, God and your people, as well as your work. Have a great week. God bless.